Welcome to the Busy Works Podcast. It's your host, Angry Black, on the ones and twos. And today Angry I have Black. with me another two special guests, back to back weeks with special guests, uh, multiple style. Uh, on the left, uh, far side for you guys, we have an uh, upcoming rapper from New York. Wait, are you from New York? You're from New York, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, from New York. Uh, Oren, what's up, bro? How you doing? Good. How are you? Thank, Thank you, you for coming today. And uh, on the right, we have a return <laughs> guest, actually, uh, young Aaron from Brigade USA. What up, my guy? <laughs> uh, what, you, what you wearing right now, though? Uh, that unreleased. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the people, you know, we got that coming soon. I guess that would have come out by the time this gets released. But yeah, probably. stay stay tuned for that if you're uh, interested, because that shit's fire. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank but you. yeah, boys. So how's everybody doing today? What's going on? Yeah, man, we just vibing, chilling. <laughs> Yo, where's your brigade at, bro? Like, this is a brigade party. He brought the it. sticker, bro. He brought yeah. the sticker. It's right yeah. here. All right, all right. Mark. And I was rocking matters. it yesterday, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, can't have back-to-back days. <laughs> I mean, what I do is, like, if I'm wearing shit back-to-back days, I just make sure I'm not seeing the same people in the second day. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I, I, could, saw I saw him yesterday. Yeah. I, had to, <laughs> I had to change the hoodie. You'd be like, you bum? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be dusty undercover, you know? Um, how I wanted to start this off with is actually based on some shit that Aaron talks about. And every time he talks about it, I like kind of roll my eyes. But it is a little bit interesting. So I want you to talk about the simulation fucking oh, shenanigans. Like, you can't and, come off rip like that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like people need to know about this shit. You talk about it. It's interesting. Uh, like, I mean, all right, what do you want to know? <laughs> I mean, like, break it down for us. Like, why do you feel like we live in a simulation versus like... I don't think we live in a simulation. I think... I think... Uh, I think it's something that we should, we, it, nah, I don't even know. I think it's something that should be considered because it's like based on the level that we've reached with quantum computing or that we're going to reach soon with quantum computing and like, you know, just thought and everything. It's like almost like the alien conversation, like we can't be the only ones here, but it's like, if you have a quantum computer, the size of my facts might be wrong, but I think it's, if you have a quantum computer, the size of Manhattan, you could run a simulation of like this entire universe and like every single person would have their own ideas and like you know we all think we're special and all this and that and it'd be like basically what we're living right now but if you had a quantum computer the size of like a dyson sphere which is like when you cover your home planet your home star with uh basically it's basically a giant computer that you cover your home star with and the star powers it you can have a simulation of like almost infinite universes with infinite people. So with where is this alleged supercomputer? Where would they put where? that yeah. undetected? Well, the Dyson sphere is a is a theoretical Google. computer that oh, is, is theoretically possible. It's just that we don't have that kind of technology. Oh, yet. okay. So this is not something that actually. No, no, no. It's something that scientists are like, yeah, we could do this. Like this is possible if we, you know, tapped into quantum computing and we like figured out how to get the resources to like cover an entire star. But like, you know, that's that's like a level that I feel like could have been reached somewhere else in the universe and maybe we're just the little experiment with the result so maybe you, so you're probably talking about like the iphone m facts, <laughs> like, facts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, i was like god damn yeah. you want me on x but i look at it this way like i tell people that because like i said it's not that i believe we live in a simulation but i think it helps people realize that if we do live in a simulation it's kind of like optimistic nihilism like i was talking to Orin about the other day it's like this shit might not have that any. First. You just use a lot of big words. But, <laughs> optimistic know. nihilism is like, well, nihilism, you know, is like none of this matters. And like, we're all here for no reason. Okay. Like optimistic nihilism, which is what I pull from simulation theory is like, none of this matters, but I can do whatever I want. And like, if I believe in it and I'm a positive person and I have like a positive influence on my peers and stuff for like other people, random strangers, 
uh, the things will, you know, come to fruition, basically. It's like Law of Attraction or like any of that, but it's just a sci-fi-y way to kind of understand it. You know, like, if it's a simulation, then fuck it, we're in a simulation, let's hack it and break out. I mean, like, also, if we can program AI and robots, then who programmed us? You God. know, they're in the they're in the grid. They're in the system. Your parents. And so, I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, like maybe who's our parents? This is parent, why I'm you saying know? you can't come off rip yeah. the simulation question, bro. That's, I mean, it's a deep dive. I'm just, so in, I'm just so intrigued and like I, I don't know, like like you, you just went on a whole like how, <laughs> what, what we are time wise. That was like a good four minutes of like simulation talk right My, there. Simulation poppy, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> True. I'm ready to go at all My times. Boy gave away the finsta. <laughs> I, I definitely see where you're coming from with that shit, just because like I wake up and see see some of the same people. And then some of the things are just moving in certain ways where it just feels like, yo, this yeah. is not real at it's all. It's like, right? have you ever seen The Truman Show? No. With Jim Carrey? That's like my favorite movie of all time. But not only because Top 10. it like it applies to the simulation theory too, but I feel like that's face value, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can be applied to like so many different themes in your life if you just, you know, like. Why, why is that? Big, for those who have not seen The Truman Show. I don't want to like, yeah, I don't want to ruin it. It's okay. everybody go see it. I don't know which camera. That shit is fire. <laughs> it's on Netflix and Amazon Prime right now. But anyway. Uh, it's basically just like, yo, once you, like, we were talking about this yesterday too, like Kid Cudi said in Indicud, like, once you realize you can do anything, you're free. But, or right, so let me, do you, do you, like, when you, he talks about this shit, like, what do you, what is going through your mind? Like, I mean, like, I'm on the same wavelength, you know, like, I think that this, this is a reality and you can control the outcome, right? And there's things to distract you from, like, the manifestation of your own dreams. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to stay focused and in tune with yourself and just realize, like, things just sometimes don't make sense. Like, you ever heard, heard of the Berenstein effect? Like, no, you remember the books that? with the bears? Oh, yeah. the like, it's like the yeah, Mandela yeah, yeah, effect. Yeah. Like, the Mandela yeah. effect, you know what I mean? Like, things just aren't always as they appear and there are glitches in reality. And it's like, if there's glitches, then that means that there's, like, an there's a system to it and we can break that system. So just break down the Berenstein effect because I have no idea what that is exactly. Basically, like everybody thought that Berenstein was spelled a certain way, I think like with an A and then there was a common misconception that it was actually spelled with an E and like it's basically just like people had one idea of the way it was supposed to be but in reality it was another way but people are so convinced that it was one way it's like are there alternate realities or did somebody skew with our reality and change the a to an e it's like is nelson mandela in jail no he's been free this entire time so why did everybody think that was he in jail and then they changed reality and he's out of jail or was he never in jail or was he always in jail it was like what, what made it popular was um Everyone remembered in like the 80s or something that he he died in jail, and then you know, how how long ago did he come out? Like, wasn't it in the 2000s? Yeah, it was in the 2000s. Tripping? Yeah, he, when he came out, everyone was like, "Quote check that." Yeah, that's not a fact. <laughs> when he came out, everyone was like, "What the fuck?" Like this guy died in prison. Like who is this guy? Kind right. of it, that's the Mandela effect. That's where it started. And like it was like, no, nah, if you go back in time and like read our history, he never died in prison. Like we all just imagine that. Is there anything in your personal life that you notice that might uh, that resonates with that kind of idea? I mean, yeah, it's like every day it gets worse. But something. What, funny. Do you have an example of this week or some shit? I'll give you. Like... I'll give you an example of literally something funny that happened like a few weeks ago. I had a pair of Oswegos, like mm-hmm. the rafts. Yeah. And I put them in. I I basically cleaned them and they were wet, and I was trying to dry them with a hair dryer. And I like burned them. Like I burned, <laughs> I burned the mesh. Like it was. I have picture Shit. evidence, bro. I can show you. What? I burned the mesh, and I was like, "Damn!" Like I fucked these things up. Like they're never coming back. And they were like that for like a week. And then I was like, really stuck on it. Like, damn! Like I fucked those things up. Like I paid that money, fucked them up. And I was like, "Nah, they're not fucked up." And then like I went back like two weeks later, and they were like brand new. 
And I, like, I sent the picture to Elijah and Sarah, and they were like, what the fuck? And I was like, yo. And then I went back in my pictures with Elijah, because I sent it to him, like, yo, I burnt them. And uh, I, I, like, I saved that one, so it wasn't gone from history. And I was like, now I have both of them next. Let, let me show you. That's bug. So are we all doomed? Like, is there, I guess, a, a code, a hack to the simulation? Or do we that's just, what, like, just do whatever the yeah, fuck you want, bro. That's what and we're just doing. have good intent. Don't be a fake-ass bitch. Yeah, that's <laughs> if, it, if it comes from a place of love and you do it and, like, you have positive aspirations, and that's it. Like, that's it. That's breaking the simulation. And you're, just out, you're off this shit. Sam, so just being like a real regular person. Niggas don't want you to do what you want with your life. People want you to work a nine to five. They want you to be unhappy. They want you to be distracted with the movies and the TV. They don't actually want you to pursue your dreams, bro. If you want to be a graphic designer, if you want to go ahead and do industrial design, do that shit, bro. Don't let them tell you no. Too many people told me no. Bro, your music, not this. You're blah, blah, blah. Aaron, you can't make a brand. Bro, <laughs> do that shit. I love that you just whispered that whole thing. Oh, like, <laughs> like, like, nah, 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 dude. <laughs> Dude, like they can hear us. <laughs> that's facts. No, that's actually facts, though. Like that's that's literally how we feel. It's like absolutely. All right, so let's uh make a smooth transition since we're talking about musicians, music, people, fighting systems, and shit. I want to get a quick little note about the uh, the Music Modernization Act. Do you know about that at all? The Music Modernization Act. Modernization FMA. Act. All right, so boom, that's some shit that just recently got signed into law by Forty Five because we don't name him. Fuck that nigga one time for the one time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, he just signed that into law, which kind of just revolutionizes the way streaming uh pays out to artists. And just updates the laws because all the the laws relevant to how artists get paid in terms of uh, royalties, mechanical royalties, songwriting, all that shit, mm-hmm. ha- were from like World War One, like mm-hmm. like dead, like super years didn't, old. Didn't uh, didn't Steven Tyler have like a major play in that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was a part of that in in favor of that getting passed, yeah. and I think that's kind of what helped it. Like I think a lot of country, mu- not I think, but there were a lot of country musicians that were behind that in terms of like supporting. Well, he's, he, isn't he rock? Is he Steven Tyler? He's oh. Aerosmith. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm unco- he, he was like talking about. Like I, I actually watched mobile? an interview with him talking about it. I'm, I I'm uncultured twine, so I wasn't sure his genre right there. But, um, but <laughs> just I've people that are more, I guess, respected in the U.S. than hip hop were a lot behind that, and I, I feel like that's part of the reason why. But basically, uh, I can just read some quick hits from this Verge article right here. Um, it streamlines the music licensing process to make it easier for rights holders to get paid. Um, the allocation for music producers, which improves royalty payouts for producers and engineers from sound exchange when the recordings are used on satellite and online radio and songwriters and artists from that wrote and produced songs before 1972 can finally get paid off their songs. So in layman's terms, that basically means that Spotify can't really fuck you over when you put some shit out and they have to increase the... Uh, they already do, though. Yeah. I mean, how how is that? Like, we briefly talked about this on uh, the Brain Orchestra episode a few weeks ago um, about how, like, Spotify just fucks you, like, crazy. I mean, like, streaming right now is just, like, such a mess because, like, it's hard to figure out. Like, Spotify should have a system in place. Like, if he's the producer of a track, I should be able to instantly give him, like, a royalty cut. But instead, like, you have to manage it. Like, streaming is a mess because people don't know, like... The whole industry is a mess, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's super frustrating to, like, figure out how to navigate that the labels are trying to fuck you over. Spotify is just trying to like stay afloat. You know what I mean? And like the artists keep making music, but like they don't know where and how and why they're getting paid. You know, if you get a million plays, that's like $4,000 for one streaming platform, which is like decent, but like, you know what I mean? It could be more. And that's the reason why I applaud artists like Jay-Z. Even though I don't have title and I personally wouldn't pay for title, I respect the Mm -hmm. fact that he was like, look, 
Spotify, Apple Music, you guys aren't paying me enough. I'm going to make my own streaming platform and give me more money on the dollar per stream. Yeah. Simulation breaking. Simulation breaking. That hit hard. And he took his music off their platform. Exactly. And so did yeah, Beyonce. Yeah. Like, that's ballsy. You yeah. know? Like, simulation if you don't breaking. like something, just change it. Just be like, I'm going to do it myself. So is this something mm. where you've had to work some shit out with your producers or people that you work with in terms of like how they get paid? I mean, at the end of the day. I just have to be like accountable for it. You know, like I have to be very exact. Like I'm like, yo, Warren, this is how much we made. We're going to split this in half and this is it to the dollar. But it's like I wish that Spotify would do that for me. Right. You know, like I wish I didn't have to do all this accounting, you know. It's hard for an artist to just be an artist today, which is better because you understand more facets of like the creative output. But at the same time, it's just like there are things that I'm doing that I wish I didn't have to be involved in on the day to day. I was going to say, I feel like this causes the artist to be preoccupied with further stuff that's not part of the art. Like now it seems like almost like this is a come up for like for lawyers almost, you know, because now it's like, okay producers and artists are gonna need to like lawyer up in certain Most cases definitely now. and the yeah. lawyers just like the lawyers are crazy too because they're like you know or i'm gonna help you but you know i need five percent yeah. of your net royalties yeah. this year so you know you got to pay me out and it's like you didn't even prove yourself yet like we, right? we have to negotiate this contract and then i'll see you, you know it's like like think, this dude who has like no sort of um interest he'll probably have like no sort of interest at all in your music but he'll know how to navigate this legal situation mm-hmm. for you to get more money. I think that that scenario kind of almost makes me more grateful because you learn how to do, like we were saying yesterday, you know, you learn how to do everything. Mm-hmm. Like Yvonne Chouinard from Patagonia is one of my biggest influences, and he says he likes to be 80% proficient in as many things as possible because anything past 80% is mastery, and you should only try to master things that you're dedicating your life to. So when you're 80% proficient in as many things as possible, so say like, Orin's 80% proficient in like licensing and distribute, distributing and producing and you know all this. He knows he can reach out to other people and not get ripped off. And he he's all, he's he's like the better tool or like the better creative in a way because he like can do everything kind of. True. And he can also direct people. So like if his vision can't be fulfilled on his own terms, he can find the right people and direct them towards because he's 80% proficient because. The industry made it that way, but it's also really fucked up. So <laughs> yeah. I like to try to find the positive things and everything. That's a good point. Because then life just becomes really shitty if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> true. True, true. Absolutely. I mean, the, the MMA should really help a lot. This is going to really, I mean, increase the amount you're getting paid and stop labels. I mean, do you work with labels at all? No, right? Yeah. I've worked with some distribution, some management, but. Right. I mean, this is this is going to kind of neuter, like, the, the distro kids and stuff because I don't know if you saw this move that Spotify did. Yeah, you can they, directly upload. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to take out that kind of third party because you don't have to pay for uploading your shit to Spotify. But which, just to Spotify, though. That's just for Spotify. Yeah. But, I mean, you still have SoundCloud. And Apple Music. And Apple Music yeah. and shit. I mean, do you have... Can you break that down? Like, what is the process of... Say you were to... I mean, you just dropped a track, actually. Yeah. Uh, today so like could you just talk about that process of like what you went through to upload that so well the track today was moscow freestyle my friend miles ballard that was just on soundcloud but i dropped a track two weeks ago called great escape and so i distributed that to tunecore it's a 10 or 15 dollar a year charge Mm -hmm. and they distribute it to apple for for the song for the song okay and then they distribute it to apple music spotify and you can pick the release date and then it's on streaming platforms and then you know, when you get paid for that, it goes to TuneCore, and then from TuneCore, it goes to your PayPal. Wow. So, say you were to drop a whole project, let's mm-hmm. say that's like ten. So you're paying a hundred dollars a year for that project, essentially. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Some some distribution companies try to charge you fifty dollars a song. Like what? fuck record union on the low. Like y'all scammers. <laughs> fifty dollars a song. Oh nah. I'm about to hop into the streaming bag. I'm, I'm yeah. saying <laughs> I don't know if this podcasting shit is gonna work out anymore. Like, hold up, hold up. Damn. All right, well, uh, I think that should uh, kind of do it for that. I hope you guys look into the MMA. I'm going to put this Verge link in there for anybody that's interested, especially if you're an artist, because uh, you should really always stay informed in what's kind of going on behind the scenes, especially anything coming out of the White House in 2018, because, you know, God knows what's going on over there. I wish I could be like a fly in the wall in that room. Some days, I don't even you know, know. I'd probably off myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, y'all are fucked. <laughs> Yo, that fly is like running itself into a window. What's going on over there? Um, <laughs> oh, poor guy. Wants all right, to guys, get out. So we're gonna we're gonna take a short break. Uh, keep it locked to the Busy Works podcast. We got Aaron and Orin in the room. Uh, be right bring, back. Bring, bring, bring. Um, Busy Works. <laughs> Pretty game, baby. What's up, guys? You are now locked into the BizWorks podcast. It's your boy, Angry Black, locked in with Aaron of Brigade USA and Oren, um, a.k.a. the real Oren, a.k.a. Hey. <laughs> what's up? What's up? <laughs> All right. So okay. for better or worse, uh, you performed at, not for better or worse, but uh, no, no. For better or worse, Webster Hall, which is a legendary venue yeah. in New York City. Um, R.I.P. <laughs> that was. Yeah, that was. Uh, was that one of your first performances? It was my third. third I okay. opened for Smokey Margiela, you know what I'm saying? Oh, All G, ASAP gang, you know? Hey. Um, it was a pretty fun show. My friends who work for Marino Infantry were like, yo, we're doing this stuff with ASAP. Like, mm. we're friendly with you. You should come out and perform. And, like, I did, like, a 30-minute set. Super fun. Was that in the basement? Yeah. This little, yeah, that basement's crazy. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, I was, wild. like, kind of drunk on stage. Like, <laughs> it, it was, like, a vibe, though, you know? I think my mom was there, which is embarrassing, but, like, <laughs> yeah. You were feeling it, though. What yeah. what kind of shit, like, what was the vibe down there? Like, There was, like, 100 people down there. We were all just, like, getting sweaty, yelling, like, you know, people trying to smoke in the back room. <laughs> and just, like, people trying to smoke or people, people smoking in the back people room? People smoking in the back room, <laughs> people trying to smoke in the audience. You uh, know what I mean? Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. I mean, it's kind of sad that that place got shut down just because, like, I feel like when you're first moving to the city, especially as, like, a, a young person that's, like, 18, under 21, mm-hmm. that's, that's the where venue. you go. That's where you probably, there. like, one of the only places I've ever gone, yeah. like, for shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a fucking creepy. Didn't they shut it down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Yes. 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 it's done. For better um, or worse, man. Uh, what but they're, re- they're, they're, they're running- remodeling it, but I don't think it's going to be the oh, same yeah? shit yeah. after. I think it's going to be, like, more upscale. AG like, owns it, I think. And they're building, they're just like a huge conglomerate. Okay. And they're building like a hotel across from it. So like, it'll be a real tourist spot now. Oh, wow. As if it already wasn't. But. I mean, yeah, for yeah. the most part. Um, but like, that's that's 2017. So between 2014 and 2016, you weren't like making music at all. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit like what happened? Like, what were you doing during that time period? Like, So I started going to college in 2013, NYU. I went to the business mm-hmm. school for marketing and like, I guess from, like, 2011 to, like, 2013, I was doing, like, a lot of, like, SoundCloud drops. And then from, like, 2014 to, like, 2016, I kind of just stopped putting out music. I kind of realized that there was, like, a discrepancy between, like, the music that I wanted to make and the music that I was making. 
So I kind of just hibernated to like better figure out my message and my voice and like experiment a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then once I started doing the Webster show, I started to like put out music again. And like, I felt like I formally had reintroduced myself to the public as a musician. I think every kind of artist needs that time period just to like chill for a little bit. Yeah. Just to like regather yourself. Like even the the podcast was like on and off for like what a year or two years, year and a half, some shit. Yeah. Just like, cause when you're in that kind of point, like kind of figuring out like it feels like you're like you're rushing yourself or like, like yeah. you're pushing yourself to force it and like if you were to like say if you were to drop something in between that time period like it might have not sounded as your best work like some shit that you're, you're putting out now like i mean like i definitely like i felt pressure to put out music you know because like on soundcloud it's very like put it out an in instant reaction you know but like i just i just needed a break i needed to right. figure out like what i was doing why i was doing it and like how i could turn like my music into like an entity like an actual like forced like a lifestyle you know right. and i don't even think that i i started dropping music again in 2016 but i don't really think that i understood the vision of orin until the summer you know so i just needed time to like marinate as an artist and like figure out more about myself which is important you know right so I mean, one of the things that you describe yourself as in terms of your music is uh, very dark. I watched the Mike interview mm-hmm. um, that you did with, I forgot, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Chantel Simpson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you, you described your music as kind of like experimental hip hop R&B. And then I read the uh, the Hunger magazine thing that you did. And then they described you as like art rapper. And I looked at that. I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> but like, do you like what what do you feel about labels that i know some people like are like i'm don't put me in a fucking box like i'm an artist like or i'm this like what what is your feeling about labels i mean like i think that the through line between any of my music is orin but you know orin might one day wake up and feel sunshiny like miami orin as the per or as the person as, as a musician okay let's say you know i might wake up and feel sunshiny and drop a song like miami and then like two days later i'm angry and i drop a song like perfect blue and i'm flexing you know like right. I think that my music is really based on like m- what I'm listening to and like my vibe and where I am. And so like if people want to label it, that's fine. But I'm always doing something new, you know. So however, whatever label you need to put on it to understand it, do that. But for me, it's just my music. You right. Know? Okay. So your music, I mean, your aesthetic in general, and to some degree, your fashion sense, kind of really plays with the idea of gender fluidity, mm-hmm. which I feel like in, in hip hop especially has kind of sort of to become more adopted. I mean, like we've seen like Young Thug, Jaden Smith, like these these more notable figures kind of dabble into- Dabble into these things and it's like kind of entering the mainstream a little bit. So what do you feel like it would take for like that to be accepted wholeheartedly like on an everyday level so like if one day i decided like i wanted to wear like a blouse or some shit i wanted to wear like a a a a see-through netting or some shit like what would it take for me to go outside and people to either not look at me weird or like you know call me a name i mean like people just have to be comfortable with themselves i feel like a lot of people aren't comfortable with themselves and like they don't understand that like sexuality is like a spectrum you Mm -hmm. know like people are like, yo, you're mad mask or like you're mad femme. And it's like, bro, like you are what you are, you know, if that's left or that's right or if that's somewhere in between, like that's just what you are. And I feel like too many people, again, with the labels need to like box you to better understand it. But like sometimes those labels are taking away from the experience of what you're looking at. And so people just need to like be okay with like 
maybe not understanding something, but just being able to appreciate it. I think for a lot of people too, it's intimidating in a way because you, you throw like, say you were to tell like somebody that's not from a major city, like oh, sexuality is a spectrum. They're going to look at you like you're fucking crazy. That's like, true. Like, hey, what the fuck does spectrum mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, be like, what are you talking come. about? <laughs> yeah. Type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I don't know. I think it's, it has to be maybe dumbed down in a way or just made more digestible for a, a general audience. Yeah. I think uh, I think places like major cities, I think places like major cities are, you know, like the innovation, uh, scale, yeah, the curve, the innovation curve where it's like you have your innovators, then your early adopters, and then it's a trend, and then it's like mainstream, uh, mainstream and then it dies. He's about to snap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you saw those hand no, signs, you got it coming. No, I just think that the mentality that he's touching on, you know, like just accepting things for what they are and not trying to label it and put it in a box. I think right now, you know, the major cities, like New York City, like you said, or, you know, what, not out in rural areas, I think we're the innovators, and right now we're kind of hitting the, like, the trendsetters, area where mm-hmm. like it's kind of becoming more nationally known and i think what what's just going to happen is the natural progression is we're going to make it mainstream and then beyond that like i don't i'm not saying it's a trend like it's going to die i'm just referring to the right. to the curve and it's like that's what's going to happen you know like eventually it's the same thing with music you know like i remember being a kid you know because you're from jersey right of course yeah so like Remember being a kid and like the city had the best radio stations for like hip hop. I mean, yeah, and stuff? that's where you get. That's where yeah. everybody for miles got their music. Exactly. Seven one five point one. So you would like, you know, you'd come down here and listen to the radio, and you're like, damn. And then like you'd go wherever you're from. Like I'm from like an hour and a half away, and I would go home and like know songs that nobody else knew. Yeah. And that's the same oh, wait, thing. It's like they didn't beam that far to you. Not like it's it wasn't there yet. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. the okay, okay, the okay, songs okay. weren't there yet, or like like we're saying the mentality isn't there yet, but it's gonna beam out. You know, it's going to, like, right. become this mainstream idea. So it has to start here and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then trickle down to... Yeah, basically. It's yeah. Just trickle down West. economics. Trickle south. So would the ideal situation be that, like, we get to a point as a culture where gender fluidity isn't even a discussion? Exactly. Just it just is what it is. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Sure. I feel like I have some radical theories about race regarding that. I'm gonna hold that. That's a that's a different topic for a different thing. I don't know if you guys are ready for that. One. Is, wait, is race I mean, and gender like, this, this not? Just throw it in there. And see All right, see, you asked the question. All right, boom. So here we go. So I mean, my whole thing is that race is not real. Like that's some shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, agree. I yeah, fuck yeah. on that. Yeah. yeah like, so yeah. And, and that if if in, uh, yeah, yeah, in terms of your question, like is race and gender the same thing? I no, would, I wasn't saying because like the, the way you approached the question, I was like, no, 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 yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm getting ready to say, like. In terms of that, like it's a it's a spectrum, of maybe of like understanding, like like you made that shit up, like you yeah, know what I'm saying? for like, sure. That's it's what just, you. That's what somebody back in the day was like. Oh, you're darker well, than me. You're yeah, black. it's like, like we're we're saying yesterday. It's like we're a, a they and us species, and it's like we have to have you know like religion or something to kind of give us our tribe and be like, this is yeah. us. You're them. Like. Yeah. I mean, we like, you, fuck with you, you could describe like, me as us. an American, like, you could describe me as uh, somebody from New York or New Jersey, but, I mean, don't just boil me down to, like, I have I dark would, skin. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think... Yeah. Hey, like, you I talk, think, man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Alright, but, but, but you know what I'm saying? Because, like, somebody, like, you tell somebody that, and they'll be like, yo, what the fuck are you talking about? But that's like, just... Who, who was that? Uh, that woman, um, Stacy Dash, I think? Mm. Said some shit like that. Oh yeah, you remember well, that was said, that was like uh, this was like a couple years ago, like maybe be, like twenty. Stacey Dash ain't none of these girls got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> that was like twenty fourteen or some shit, and they looked at her. Stupid. What did it, What happened? 
Because she said something along. I wish I could. I'm going to find the statement. Oh, actually. was it like, yo, I'm not like African-American. I'm just. Yeah. American. Or, or oh, even I even even a that, more yeah. contemporary example on 444 when uh, Jay-Z was like, I'm not black. I'm OJ. And niggas were like, what does that even mean? Like, Well, I think he was playing off of because um, from the dive I did on it was like. OJ said in a quote, like he was being interviewed, he was like, I'm not black, I'm OJ. But that's that's what and I'm then, saying. Like to to bring that reference back, people didn't even understand that because they're like, Oh ha, OJ doesn't think he's black. That nigga's stupid, but it's like well, yeah, that was you know, that was pre innovation curve days. Exactly. That was, like, you know what I'm saying? Was, so that was like, one of the that was one of the innovations that made it into like why we're talking so about was, it now. Yeah, it's why we're talking about it now. It's like yeah. That so was, one was of the starting Jay-Z things. shouting him out, or was he dissing him? He was shouting him out. He, yeah. him out. he was shouting yeah. him out. He was shouting yeah. But that's what I'm saying. He was bringing that reference back. And then yeah. people are looking at that reference and then, like, kind of going back and then being like, well, OJ's stupid because he doesn't think he's black. Or looking down on OJ because he said that. Or looking down on Jay-Z yeah. because he made that reference. Little do you know, dummy. You're stuck <laughs> yeah. in the box. Yeah. 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 You got to look at things. I think one of the most important things in life is opening up your perspectives. Because most people... I wouldn't say most people, but I think a lot of people live their whole life in one perspective and it's just their perspective. And I think like I've never done psychedelics, but I think this is the conclusion that people come to with psychedelics is that they kind of become aware that I'm not the only one that thinks, you know, like everyone else has their own point of view of thinking. And I think including the plants. Yeah. Like, I think that shit's mad important, you know, like seeing everything from everyone else's perspective and being able to like understand that like, oh, okay, like I understand why you think that way. Mm. Like I think this way. And we have our differences, but like we can come to a better conclusion that like satisfies both of us because mm-hmm. we think, you know, feel me? <laughs> well, I think so because I remember someone told me a while back they were like, you know, people try sh- try drugs. I was gonna say people try shrooms, but people definitely try uh, drugs to uh, to experience a different perspective. I think yeah, like psychedelic drugs. I wouldn't yeah. say like anyone's trying to do like crack and be like. Damn, I'm trying to see well, what the crackheads are seeing. If you think about it, like the if you think about it, you ever been walking through like a Grand Central or something, and like there'll be like thousands of people, just thousands, constantly just walking through like the terminals and shit. And like there'll be pants. like a homeless person on the floor, and like no one's paying this person any mind, right? They're just like whatever, I gotta fucking catch yeah. my train, right? I sometimes think about like okay, on the opposite end of the spectrum, like how. Like what? What's this homeless person doing on the floor? Yeah, for sure. That's got them sure. like, yo, like fuck all these motherfuckers, man. I'm doing some crack right I now. I think some people kind of reach how me and Orin feel about just the simulation, mm. and some people, you know, don't handle it properly, and that's the route they take. It's like none of this matters. Like fuck this, you know. Like all these people are ants, and they're just doing their thing, going through the veins of Grand Central, and it's. I'm just gonna sit here and tweak out. It's like yeah. nah, you could like. Do the total end, the other end of the spectrum with that and like go change your life so and go realizing. make something amazing. It's, it's like that Gigi Allen uh, shit we were watching. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like you got to understand that the world is like a system and that there's a construct. But at the same time, like you've got to play that construct yeah. and you got to beat it. You know, you got to beat yeah. them at their own game. You got to realize yeah. that there's a game and you got to beat them at it. You know, you mm. can't be so anti the system that like you're not working within it. Yeah. And know? then they just cast you off. Oh, they're I, like, this yeah, is we ca- can. It's crazy yeah, that you like, say that. Have you yeah, ever seen Gigi Allen, bro? He'd be tweaking. Bro, this nigga nah. ate his own shit. Wait, and he's what? running around stage butt naked. <laughs> yeah. Yo, he said on a talk show, I fuck 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, I'm doing my own thing. I was like, we were <laughs> shit. What the fuck? Yo, he really said that. Yeah, pull that did. shit up when you can. Not right now, because... I mean, I'm not playing up now, but I will play that on the good Play him man. eating yeah, the yeah. shit yeah. on the <laughs> Yo, this is called Allen, uh, uh, Bite It, You Scum Live. It's from like, I don't even know what year, but yo, he's butt naked, screaming that. 
and everyone like everyone is like punk and they're all like they leave Aye, bro like you got it like you're way more punk than us bro. Yeah, sorry man i think you're a little too far on this yo one. he literally he's screaming like bite it you scum and he's like all perched up he just shits on the floor and then he comes back over he puts it in his mouth and spits it at the people and they're all like Dude, but and then in the interview he's like, I'm a nonconformist, you know, like fuck everybody, I'm doing my own thing, I'm breaking out of it. Mm. And it's like you got to think like that, but don't go eat shit and like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know? he, was, he was an extreme example of that same thing as like the Jay Z quote. It's like he helped us to kind of like, oh, okay, like we can break the system, but yeah. like not, you know, like we don't have to be as extreme as you. Like it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I was having a conversation or when I was a little bit younger, I would have this conversation with my mom about this exact same thing. And then she was used to tell me like, yo, you got to do like mainstream things because it's how you like get like acclimated and it's how you step your foot in the door. And of course, like being young, like you're listening to this shit. It's like, yo, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Shut up. But like, <laughs> as I've gotten older and then as I've kind of like played the game a little bit, like you realize, like you were saying, like you have to just even, even just dabble just, just a little bit. Like, you know, all right, like I'll get a job. Like I'll work, like I'll sign a W2 here or there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, just because if you don't, then it just sets you back when you are trying to get benefits from that system. You know what I'm saying? It's also like, going back to the 80% thing. I think, you know, kind of knowing, kind of playing in the system a little bit, you learn how the system works and then you know how to subvert it and yeah. make your commentary on you know the system. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yvonne That's Chouinard. That's word. Okay. Yvonne Chouinard is amazing. <laughs> um, but those songs on SoundCloud are some of like, your most popular shit, too. Mm-hmm. Like, what was it like being so young and then getting that attention? Just like, I was just like, I wasn't even like, I don't, I really don't know what I was thinking. I think I was just like, in my in my bag, like making weird, like deep baritone songs <laughs> over like weird SoundCloud beats, just like yeah. trying to express something. Right. You know? So is that something that you still take with you right now with like the direction that you go in, like when you when you get like a pack from a producer or some shit, like mm-hmm. like is that kind of the stuff you look for? Like when you get a pack, like like what is kind of your, your thought process when you're like selecting beats and like looking for music and shit? Or looking for sounds, right? I've been producing a lot more, but with music in general is really just like a vibe like when i listen to some shit i'm like can people bump like it depends on what the intent is like if the song if i'm trying to make a banger it's like can people bump to this live Mm -hmm. like what's going to be the melodic line what's the content of the song like what Mm -hmm. is the narrative and then how can i tie those together to create a package like what will the cover art look like based on these lyrics and the vibe of this you know I'm, i'm just thinking about it as like a package but also just like what am i trying to communicate what is this emotion or this thought or this moment in time and how do i like properly encapsulate that Damn. Wow. When's the last time you heard that? This is the first time, honestly. As, I, I just like He be- said this yesterday, basically. It was like, we we both are getting better at... What did you, you say? You were like, at uh, the vision, like... Mm-hmm. We're trying executing to executing like, like a vision. We're getting better at like the all the little details of creating this like bigger vision. Well, he's he started building a package. Yeah, like, exactly. You know it's saying? like we're like, getting better at like doing that as creatives. Every every piece of it, like like you said, the the intent, like the the beat itself, the the cover art, it's all a different component to the overall delivery. And I feel like for a lot of people, they just you know record some shit in the studio, fucked up, put it on SoundCloud, yeah. gas it up. I think the internet <laughs> plays up. like a. a, a the internet plays into that facade where it's like, you know, kids like Little Pump can blow up overnight and other kids are like, I just got to dye my hair green, rap all crazy and I can blow up overnight too. And then yeah. you just have this flood of like that style of rap. And it's like Little Pump did it because he became a character and like before Body anybody that. else did. Yeah. And it's like he's like, you know, Orin's a character and it's like he's presenting this package to people that can identify with it. Right. Yeah. So 
He's gonna say something. Oh no, okay, okay. I was gonna say so like is the character that you present in the music, is that you or are you a different person from the character that you play? I think it's just like me, you know, like it's just me just a little bit more geeked up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you just take the best parts of you. Yeah. Right. And you exaggerate it. Yeah. Nice. It's like exaggerate the best parts of you or like the parts you're more, most confident in mm-hmm. or even parts you're not confident in. Exactly. And you just like, if you know somebody else can identify with it, it's like, here you or go. You're on the plate. Like, right. All right. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is definitely up your alley or so. I'm going to see what you're going to do with this one. Um, So in that same mic interview that I mentioned earlier, like a big, actually the whole premise of that was cryptocurrency Mm. and hip hop (laughs) and just kind of cryptocurrency in general. So I want to know, I mean, I mean, I'll put the link in the description. I'll I'll play the video in the background, actually. um, So you guys could see it and look at it. I won't break it down because they kind of covered a lot of the the bits and pieces of that. It was really just kind of a explanation of where uh, hip hop is with cryptocurrency in terms of who was getting involved in it. Um, where that's headed they had cryptocurrency like insiders and they had Oren, uh, uh old dirty bastard son and just some other faces in that industry that that speak on it but i want to know how did you get into that like were you in on the ground floor when people were like buying drugs off of like uh the dark web or was that like a little bit after when you got into it bitcoin was made in what 2008 2009, 2009 yeah. i think I really got into cryptocurrencies around like 2000 and like, let's say like 15. Okay. My friend, like talking about streaming and being dissatisfied, my friend and I were trying to figure out how could we use blockchain technology mm-hmm. to track artist revenues and like payouts and streams. Mm-hmm. And so like two, three years ago, we were thinking about like, how can we get the technology and the funding to be able to kind of start our own uh, streaming platform based around blockchain. And so that was when I got into it. And then, you know, I went to business school, so I had some friends who were like, yo, Oren, like, you know, you're probably not going to buy Bitcoin, but there's a shit called Ethereum. You should get some of it. It's like $50 right now. It's going to shoot up. So, you know, I just got in early enough, learned about te- learned about the technology, followed a lot of, like, subreddits and just read as much as I could about it, mm-hmm. and then just really started to invest. And so, like, I had a lot of savings and, like, savings from, like, high school and stuff like that that I put into it. And then I kind of made some money before that big bubble. And, like, I knew it was going to be a bubble. So, like, I sold during and, like, bought back during the low. So I kind of just, like, got in early enough, educated myself, and then, like... Right. Do you do you mine at all? Not mine, no. I thought about it. You know, I wanted to get a bit miner, the L3, you know, like, the ant miner. Like, I thought about it, but it, the energy consumption, because, like, you oh need, like, God. you know, it's like a tower just running all the time. And yeah. then, like, I didn't... You have to download a program, and I didn't know if I'd be able to navigate it, so I just thought, let me just buy and sell. Like, right. You know, I mean, it does seem like a lot more difficult than it appears, but like once you kind of get a hang of it. Not, I'm not into it at all, but I build computers, so like, I've had people buy shit off of me, and then they're like, oh yeah, like, like I try to sell to them for the high because I know they're gonna use it for mining and then run that like hmm. say video card into the ground or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's cool. Do you see yourself making like your own coin and maybe like creating your own? like kind of economy because i know part of the mic segment was uh say uh odb sun kind of making the dirty coin coin. like a whole like thing where everybody is facilitated like if you want to be into old dirty bastard like you're doing everything do dirty coin i think that like right now the problem with cryptocurrencies is that there's a lot of projects but none of them actually have like real world value so like Mm -hmm. you know people will make a random coin but it's like what does that actually do like besides putting money in your pocket as the owner you know so 
if in the future I have a project and I think that like some sort of utility token could help me and like, you know, maybe paying out people, you know, like what if you did what Kodak did and what if Aaron's like, yo, like, you know, we're taking photos and people are taking our photos. So you're like, all right, let's create a blockchain where every photo has a specific coin and every photo has a specific ID and then people get paid to like use the rights to that photo using cryptos. Like it just needs to have like real world value basically. So can you, can you, I mean, without divulging all of the, the, the secrets, can you like break down in layman's terms what the blockchain is exactly? So like, I don't think it should be secrets. It should be common knowledge. Yeah. Okay, so blockchain is basically like... I'm going to explain it real simple. Uh, no, okay. no, you're, you're, okay. good, you're good. You're good. So, like, this is the blockchain, right? Okay. He's sending money to you. Okay. Right? So that money that gets sent to you, that transaction gets logged on the blockchain. Right. You send money to me, that transaction gets logged here. So, so the blockchain just keeps track of all the transactions. So it's a log. Yeah. Okay. But what makes it different from a regular log is that with like, you know, Chase Bank, they can change those logs because it's digital. They can type into it or they could just like, you know, change the number and lie, which is why we had the crash in 2008. With cryptocurrencies, every transaction is on an immutable database, which basically means you can't change it, you can't corrupt it. So once it happens, it's there forever. So it kind of provides transparency to the financial market. Right. Isn't it like anyone can view the log too? Anybody. Oh, like I can like fact check you on a transaction you did if like I think you're trying to play me for money. Well, can't, can't that be a bad thing as well? Because I mean, I, like I said. The thing is though is that every, like sending money from A to B, you guys both have like, private addresses okay yeah. so that was it's gonna like, be yeah. that was gonna it's be my thing like say if you know i wanted to yeah. buy a pound of weed from somebody <laughs> and then like you, <laughs> like, know, you gotta I bring it to the we're trying to make this a yeah uh, well, it was yeah, random nigga <laughs> bought weed from random nigga <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know what i'm saying I don't, the, the drugs is just like the most real world example i can think of but all right yeah i think that's one of the things that they're using against uh, cryptocurrency though you know is like people are buying drugs and they're killing your kids it's like but well, there's also so many benefits to it there's, so. a, there's a freedom to it to yeah. like use your money you know like if a bank crashes right mm -hmm. that bank holds your money right but with cryptocurrencies you own your money whether it be on like a private USB or like a separate offshore whatever so if this bank crashes you still have your money as long as the value of that it's coin doesn't crash right. Right. right can I so, ask a question about that too no. why do you think um <laughs> Well, I feel like out of all the industries, like hip hop gravitated towards cryptocurrency more. That's just because hip hop artists hip -hop is punk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're the new rock stars. Like every like hip hop has like the biggest reach right now, I would say. So like so the it just makes punks sense. punks and the nouveau punks. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, exactly. It's like crypto is like a punk concept in theory and like yeah. hip hop is punk in concept so I think they just go hand in hand it's like yeah. yo we're, it's breaking out of the system it's like I nah, think in a way this. too like like people are just looking for a way to diversify their bond as well like, you know? <laughs> yeah also right. according right. to Wu-Tang financially yeah. 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 no no yeah, yeah. also, the, also place shit, like, <laughs> you know, like the, the hip hop money is not coming in for that much longer I mean like a good artist really has like a, a, sh a shelf life of sorts so you gotta find a way to kind of do something with that bread at some point unless you want to be Lauren Hill and then go to jail for taxes and some dumb <laughs> shit you know what i'm saying facts so, true no. <laughs> everything is everything <laughs> yeah. yo that whole story i mean she lived in my old town in, in jersey so it's always funny to me because like her kids were always around 
and then like I just felt bad at some point. You know, like I I don't know. I could, I could, I could go into that. It sounds like some internal pain. Yeah, yeah it, it, there's a lot. Yo, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. That's is a great very, album, bro. Yeah, it's iconic. Oh my Special God. project. Like that. Like that artwork mm, is so iconic. <laughs> dude, and the skits, the skits with the kids. Yeah, in it? they're Come dope. On. Classic. Yeah, that's a great album. I bump sure. that on Saturdays when it's sunny and I'm waking up and I just. That's need, definitely like, oh, yeah, that's definitely you know? a, a light, summer light morning vibe. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a summer morning vibe. <laughs> Have some sort of green plant somewhere. A um, so, shifting gears again, uh, and I think this is maybe like the last couple questions here. Unless, of course, you have something over there, Zeke. Um, but one of my favorite Earl Sweatshirt lines is too uh, black for the white kids, too white for the black. Mm. So do you feel like, and, and in that Hunger Magazine in- interview, you kind of mentioned being an outsider, especially as a black man. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like you didn't belong on either spectrum, kind of? Like? Most definitely. And to be honest, that Earl Sweatshirt line really identifies with me because like, I like was trying to make that like a moniker, like TBTW. Like I really... Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Like <laughs> I really like fucked with that line when he said that because I was just like, bro, like, you know, like I never really felt like I fit in with like the hood niggas, but like I definitely don't fit in with the white niggas. They're like you're black, so it's like I've always just been like orange, you know. Yeah. And so I've just had to be comfortable like being myself, whoever that is, you know. So, yeah. I think that's one of the things that like gravitated us towards each other as friends, because like, not. I mean, I feel that way from like a different perspective where it's like. I look white, but I'm Spanish. Spanish kids are always like, nah, you're white. And white kids are always like, nah, you're Spanish. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the yeah. same thing. And it's yeah. like, also, yeah. but not even from a racial place. It's like, I used to listen to metal and like wear vans when that wasn't cool. And like, I skateboarded. And all the kids in our school were like, you know, wearing whatever the... Jordan. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. And they'd be like, damn, bro, like, what are you doing? You know, like... Yeah. And it just, yeah. it also, it didn't help the Spanish things. Even my mom would be like, yo, like, why are you dressing like a white kid? Like, yo, your mom's <laughs> hilarious. Aaron's, Aaron's mom clowns him all the time. It's so funny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like... I remember uh, Pharrell came on on BET one time, and she's like, see, he skateboards, but, like, he looks cool. And I was like, damn. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, I was like, like it's totally unfair. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, like, I was always, like, the black sheep, but I feel like he feels the same way, and I think that's why we can see shit from the same perspective. It's like yeah. we both kind of had the same struggles in different ways, which is amazing. As far as outsiders, though, do you guys feel like you – is there anywhere you guys feel like you fit in? I think around I people know. who are just being themselves, like genuine. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think that's the whole point with Brigade. It's like I'm trying to build something for kids like us, like you know, a platform where they can uh, identify with and gravitate towards, and everyone who's like part of the platform. Uh, it's just it's familial vibes, you know, like all the kids who are commenting on all the pictures and stuff. Like they can all. I, there's a few kids who have hit me up, like. Uh, I've I've made friends with like kids in the comments, you know, and like I text them every day now, and it's because we have the same attitudes towards things, and it's like exactly like that's what it's all, it's all about. We're just building this thing that we can all plug into and be like, I feel accepted, like I feel because that's what everyone wants, you know. You want to feel accepted. What's something someone said in the comment sections that you were like, yo, I fuck with you, like? Uh, <laughs> honestly, I don't even know off top to be honest. The I feel com- like a lot of people, some people try to like the brigade comment section gets spicy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I gotta jump. I in feel like there. people try to like. <laughs> I don't know. Like, they're looking for that acceptance, but, like, from me. But I don't want to be Brigade. Like, I just want to be this guy doing it. And I want Brigade to be this, its own entity. Mm. But I feel like kids will comment shit, like, trying to get, like, my acceptance. And I'm like, 
just do you, man. Like, <laughs> don't worry. You about know, like, yeah, yeah. don't worry about yeah. what I think. You know? I, th- I think yeah. shit like this helps in a way too, because the more you kind of give, do press shit, and the more you kind of put yourself out there and put that message, like. But that's the thing. It's like a double edged sword because I also want to be off the grid. Like, you know, my. Well, that's what goal. I'm saying. Like, as as you shift the focus, maybe to brigade instead of like Aaron the person, like, and then brigade the brand. It's like supreme in a way. Yeah. Like. A lot of people didn't even know who James Jebbia was for the longest time. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just identify with Supreme, the brand, more so than, like, him, the person. Because he's so low-key and out of, like, the way that, like, even if you did know who he was, you can't really vibe with him on any level because it's not, like... That's kind of that's similar, yeah, what I want. It's like, I want Brigade to be this thing that you vibe with. And me, I'm just... You know, going crazy with a bunch of other crazy people and like making things that you guys can vibe with. Like, yeah, you know, like that's just the that's the dream for me. Are those the going crazy hands? Yeah, that's when you're just <laughs> you're graphic designing in this hand and you're I don't even taking photos in this hand and then you're slamming your head on the keyboard. Yeah, you know, like I got you, I got you, I got you. Doing the same thing on an MPC yeah. on a plane. You gotta, you gotta have the like, open hands. <laughs> like this. You know that Kanye? Where he's like, yeah, he's feeling this. Shit. Oh yeah. So, wait, you talk about the the video where he's like Kanye. God, I, every time I see it, it's like it's like there's no audio to it. And it's, it's Kanye just with the like, shades. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, he's just like oh, the the, the, the stunner shades, the white stunner shades. Yeah, no, yeah. they're they're like black. No, nah, it was like yeah, they were like black shades, and he was wearing I think like a like a dark green hoodie or something. Mm-hmm. And he was just in his bag at that moment. Like I've never seen anyone just like. That's what I'm saying. You're like I want to be there. Like I don't want to be on display. He had the energy of a whole blues band in one person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's fire. Yeah. <laughs> like he was Yo, just... the Stunner Shades was a mo- were, uh, were a moment in history. Yo, for yeah. real, bro. Yeah. Look what he did. <laughs> Crazy. All right, so last question here, um, for me at least. Uh, so one question I always ask everybody that comes in the podcast is to just be more relatable and kind of make this for everybody is if you had uh, a piece of advice for your fellow creative, what would that be for both of you guys? Just, you know. Do what you love, be yourself, and just keep it G. Um, For a creative, I think be yourself, like know who you are. I feel like a lot of people can't explain who they are, like if you're put on the spot. Like if you're like, who are you? They're like, I'm Aaron. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, know who you are, be true to that. And then also indulge in as much art as possible, like. You know, True. Like Oren puts me on to amazing movies, like music, mm-hmm. you know, like just indulge in Same. as much art as possible. And then that's where all your craziest ideas will come from because great artists steal, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, you know, from other platforms. Yeah. Not, They're influenced. Yeah. You're yeah. not, you're not copying <laughs> shit. You know? <laughs> 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 no, you feel me? Just invest in, or indulge in as much art as possible. Cause I think it opens your eyes. It gives you, it gives you better perspectives on Read books, man. Read, oh, facts. 45 minutes a day, every day. You'll finish nice. a book a week. Brigade Book Society. Some mental uh, exercise. I'm dead. BBS. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I got the logo. I just designed it today. Really? Yeah. Let me see. What I'm the fuck? I'm about to make bookmarks on this. Bitch. BBS oh kind of sounds like a, like a porn website. You know what I'm saying? Like, Check it out. We got the Brigade Book Society. Oh, that's based on the, the sticker logo, yeah, right? Yeah, that's where I got it from. Do I have the I'm sticker gonna, on this uh, table? No, I don't have the sticker nah, on the table. Sure. I'm, gonna, I'm thinking about like including bookmarks in everyone's orders from now on. Just like free. Just to get kids active. Because, yo, reading is so powerful. Like, Literally, we were talking about this. Like, they were killing people for trying to learn how to read. Yes, like, bro. why would you not read? Yes, bro. Niggas be like, man, fuck a book, nigga, man. Fuck education. <laughs> it's like, nigga. <laughs> like, they tried to keep that shit away from you. Like, why yeah, would you yeah. not? Like, it gets me mad. Yeah. yeah. That's Eddie just related to that. He's like, damn, yeah. I'd be saying that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Nah, for real though, knowledge is power. Like if you have as many perspectives as possible and like as much information as possible, you can change anything. Like you know, yeah, yeah it's whatever. Too funny. Got anything? Uh, nah, that's it, man. Um, would you guys mind dropping where we could find you? At Real Oren on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> SoundCloud.com slash Oren Campbell. Listen to that shit. Just dropped Mascot today. Some new shit coming out. You know what I'm saying? Facts. You know what the fuck Innovative video he did for that one. Thank uh, you. At Aaron Mald underscore A-A-R-O-N. We ain't no E-R-I-Ns out here. Uh, <laughs> at Brigade USA on Instagram. BrigadeUS.com. Oh, why is the... Uh, where'd you, why'd you come up with the name Brigade. That's what I wanted to ask. Good question. Uh, run it back <laughs> one time. Um, it was for, like I said, it's like it's a thing that I want kids to identify with, like for the outsiders. And I wanted a name that, ha- you know, makes sense. Brigade is like a militia. It's like a family, you know. So it's like a th- it's an entity that you could be part of. And then USA is because shout out to all the little brands putting USA in their names right now. I see that. Because mm. we're all about corny. the stars and stripes, mm. baby America. We're about to drink some Budweiser. Uh, no, USA, though, is because, you know, traditionally in streetwear, um, you'd put, you know, New York or LA, you know, like Diamonds LA and Supreme New York and, yeah. you know, shit like that. Because you, you're kind of claiming your territory. And I, I thought to myself, if I wanted this to be something that kids can identify with, that last piece of territory or like, yeah, ter- territorial identification, I guess, um, that's so important. So if I open it up to the entire country, then literally, you know, a kid from Oklahoma could be like, yeah, Brigade's like our brand, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm one of them. Like, you know, growing up, I thought Supreme being from New York, it's like, yo, Supreme's our brand, you know, like they're putting on for us where it's like we're putting on for the whole fucking thing. So it's like, what up? <laughs> nice. All right. So the way I like to close it out is with the with the tax. I'm glad we got that. And then uh, shouts out for people that supported you, you know, anybody that you want to recognize, like just any shout outs that you think you want to give. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just just give us a short list, you know? I mean, like, man, shout out to my family, my sisters, my girlfriend, my boy Warren, my boy Joey, Kevin, Jay, you know what I'm saying? Just any of the homies, you know? Um, shout out to Aaron. <laughs> I was, was going to drop that one, too. Nah, shout out to my mom for believing me, my girlfriend. She's, like, the better half of Brigade. Uh, Elijah, Vinny, my brothers, Oren, uh, the entire OG Brigade family, you know, like John, Dante, Andy. Angelo Estrada, shout out to Estrada Design. Uh, we had big facts with the collab over there. Shout out to, oh, Moros. What the fuck? You feel me? Moros. It's <laughs> that new shit dropping they don't even know yet, though. Yeah, sh- yeah, just shout out to everybody. Like, it's been nothing but love. It's crazy. Nice. I'm like beyond grateful. I wake up and I just want to cry sometimes. Like, it's crazy. And shout out to Obama, man. <laughs> that's, my that's my president. My <laughs> Lambo's still blue, you know what I'm saying? And not my president. <laughs> so. All right, guys. Yo, thank you guys so much for coming. I yeah. appreciate. I mean, I know we have to reschedule us. a couple of times, but thank yeah, you. Thank you for having us. Pleasure yeah, to man, be here. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, that kind of wraps up the episode, guys. I just want to say two things real quick. A, remember to vote. You know, vote is important. True uh, facts. Throw that in there real quick. Big facts. Uh, November sixteenth. Um, and if you like the podcast, please give us a rating on iTunes. That really helps out a lot. And just once again, thank you guys that for listening. Uh, if you want to check us out, it's at BusyWorks Radio on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and yeah. So we will talk to you later. later. Yeah. He said he gon' rock out, bringin' the Glock out Enemy hostile, bitches from Moscow I'm gonna she off now, actin' so docile, lucky than paid These niggas invade, I'm rockin' the fade, I'm rockin' the J's They all on the wave, I know it's a phase, these bitches a waste Yeah, these bitches a waste, I'm spendin' a check
Pas de